SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today is on the air here on SportsGrid. Craig Miss, Joe Pizzapia, breaking down week 15 of the NFL season and the fantasy football season. Hopefully you've been with us throughout the entire year as we continue to get you closer to your fantasy football championship. But don't despair. I'm out. Got no teams. Joe's out. He's got no teams. So from here on out, we continue to talk fantasy. We'll help you get there, but also help you a little bit in DFS as well. And Joe... Uh, certainly, I think that tonight's game for a lot of people will determine if they're in or out as they move on to the second round. But I do have a feeling a lot of that has to do with the Pittsburgh side of things and not so much Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Deontay Johnson questions in the last 24 hours. And I got to say, man, a tribute to this network, a tribute to Black Book and everything that we've tried to do here on the, on the shows and on the programs here on Sports Grid too. I took more questions yesterday than I took all season long. I said that last week and it was even more. I mean, I just sat there for two hours straight trying to answer questions and help folks out. And that means that everyone who's been watching, listening, reading, they've all been relevant. And that's great. Uh, tonight, it's hard to imagine that the Pittsburgh Steelers don't come away with a W. It's hard to imagine they don't get right a little bit offensively against the Cincinnati Bengals. It is an individual matchup and those always get a little wacky sometimes where teams kind of get up to play teams in their division. But at the same time, to me, this game is about seeing what they can do with a run game. Okay, this is an opportunity against Cincinnati here, a, a porous defense, to try to get back to running the football effectively, try to get some confidence in this offensive line. See if you can get James Conner going or Benny Snell going or something, somewhere, because I have real concerns about this Pittsburgh Steelers team basically limping into the playoffs. And, and I don't think they can flip the switch. Like a lot of people are saying, well, it's just so easy. Well, when I get the playoffs, they'll run the football. Not necessarily. You know, the offensive line this year has not played well. Some of the PFF grades on those guys in line hasn't been good. That's why you see Ben Roethlisberger with the fastest release time of his entire career. It's not just because he got really good all of a sudden after a year of being hurt. It's because he had to get rid of the football. And part of that lack of run game has been the, the positive on Deontay Johnson. But, you know, for all the targets, all the receptions he's had, all these drops are really haunting him. And if he gets pulled in another game, that crushes you in a fantasy perspective. And Claypool had a great run. He's been quiet. Juju's been that one steady guy all year long offensively for them. They could always count on Juju pretty much for fantasy points. But tonight should be theoretically a smash matchup for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Greg. And I'm a little concerned that it might be a little bit closer than people realize. And, and look, I, I hope that it's not for Pittsburgh Steelers Nation, but they got to get some stuff right here. And they've only got a couple weeks to do it before they're in the playoffs. Yeah, theoretically is always the key word, as we saw yesterday in the NFL, for sure. All right, here are our headlines. Steelers facing off with the Bengals tonight. They're 12, 12 and a half point favorites. Also, the Myrtle Beach Bowl is today. Bowl season gets underway. Appalachian State takes on North Texas. That game's coming up at 2.30 Eastern. Texas A&M clearly feeling snubbed by the College Football Committee. We'll talk about that here in a sec. And the Lakers' title defense begins tomorrow night. NBA season begins tomorrow, which means a lot of our coverage here on In-Game Live geared toward that starting tomorrow night right here on SportsGrid. But back to the college football here for a minute, Joe. Notre Dame weaseled their way in again. They're going to play against <laughs> Alabama here. And and look, I don't, I don't know that they can make the line high enough, but I guess they're going to have to. Uh, I think Ohio State Clemson, great. I mean, a rematch of last year where Ohio State yeah. won the championship and certainly Fields is back. Um, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence is back as well. 
So I'm I'm real excited to to see that game play out for sure. The personnel is different, of course, on both sides. T. Higgins isn't there, and Dobbins isn't there. A lot of as we welcome in our radio audience, a lot of different personnel there. So I think that two three matchup is fantastic. But I got to agree, Texas A&M should be in. Notre Dame should not. But this is not about who should be in. I mean, I could make the case Cincinnati should be in over Notre Dame. Notre Dame. They, I stopped out on last week. <laughs> I don't know how they beat. I mean, look, I've been doing this for, for all year. It doesn't make a difference. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all that they're in the game. And it wouldn't surprise me, by the way, if they kept it close. Like, nothing surprises me. In that would anymore. surprise me. Against Alabama, you think they're going to keep that game close against Alabama? You never know. I, know. I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking about a spread, you know, like a, like a 30-point spread. Like, what do you do? I mean, in a, in a playoff spot, what do you well, do? Well, that's the whole point. So, it's, it's, you get to a point with college football, Craig, where, you know, 30 points, is that i mean god that's the divide between the one and the four that's ridiculous i mean and and look i understand that notre dame you know took clemson to the limit and they and they beat them and they went in overtime but when trevor lawrence was back healthy this week this was not a close game i'm sorry like they they look completely overmatched in this game and i would rather for the sake of my entertainment see what AM could do and see if you gave him that one-off shot what could happen there but you're probably right. That statement you made in the top of the show, which is for rating's sake and for money's sake, Notre Dame is the better draw, right? Is that all it comes down to? Because that's what it feels like. Not even like. close. Not even close. Not even close. People will want to watch to see Notre Dame get beat bad. Like that's the people either love or hate Fair. them. It's like Duke. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Right. Uh, and by the way, the last time Clemson played Notre Dame, it was in South Bend, number one. And secondly, mm-hmm. Um, no, the Clemson's defense played terrible. It didn't matter that Lawrence did. wasn't in the game or not. The backup quarterback for Clemson threw for four touchdowns, five touchdowns, as a matter of fact. So mm-hmm. um, that was just a strange It does happen occasionally in college, but I feel bad for Cincinnati. Uh, this is this is just one of those seasons in, in both college and pro where it's like we all got to get through it. And really who I feel worst about today is Army. Army had such a great year this year. They're 9-2 and two on the season, and their bowl game got canceled, and there's, like, nowhere yes. for them to play. And and hopefully 2021 will be back out of this stuff and won't have any of these sort of issues. We just have to be thankful, I suppose, that we're getting a college football playoff. But if I am Cincinnati or if I am Texas A&M, I am definitely not feeling very good today. I am thinking to myself, how in the world do we not have a better shot and, and look, the Gators played Alabama right down to the end on Saturday night. Maybe there's a chance Notre Dame does. I mean, I don't think so, but, but the Gators covered. Maybe Notre Dame can as well. It'll be a huge spread. Coming up next, Bears and underdogs going to Minnesota, coming out on top. We'll break it down for you. Go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Definitely has been a tale of two seasons for the Chicago Bears. No doubt about that. Started off the season 4-0 and at the beginning of the year. Went into a complete tailspin talking about firing everybody. And then all of a sudden, December comes along, and it's like, hey, Bears are back again. They go on the road and beat Minnesota and and pretty much did it fairly easily yesterday. Mitchell Trubisky threw for 202 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He only threw 21 passes. They just kept handing the ball off to David Montgomery, who ran it 32 times for 146 yards, also had one reception for 16 yards. Allen Robinson, four for 83, so 12 fantasy points for him. 
and Darnell Mooney, who's played fairly well, four receptions, 49 yards, and a touchdown for Mooney if for some reason you had to play him. Not sure how you could have, but maybe you did. Now, on the side of the Minnesota Vikings, their recipe of running the ball as much as possible to Dalvin Cook, it worked for a while, but they could not get back into the game as Kirk Cousins threw a very big pick, two touchdowns, one interception, 271 yards for him. Cook had 132, as I mentioned, on the ground, and also five receptions for 27 yards. Jefferson had another great game, eight for 104, and Tyler Conklin had three receptions for 57 yards. So the Viking season essentially for all intents and purposes, comes to an end. This was a game that, that it was pretty much even on paper. Minnesota, I believe, was three-point favorites, which told you the two mm-hmm. teams were even. Uh, both teams inconsistent all season long for the most part. Both teams don't really deserve to be in the playoffs all season long. It wouldn't shock me to see them both 8-8 eight and eight at the end. It kind of tells me who they were. And the fantasy aspect of this is that uh, it's it's getting late in the it's getting I guess into the winter we're seeing more teams running again like we always do in December 32 carries for Montgomery 24 carries for Cook and so that's really been a big positive I know for DFS people who use both those guys I would guess they cashed yeah look 550 yards over the last four games for David Montgomery I mean that's a game changer I mean talk about riding a hot streak this is it. This is this is the thing you've been waiting for. And and if you were relevant or you acquired David Montgomery or, or gosh, if someone even dropped him, which is possible in certain leagues, especially in 10 team leagues, I can see where he was dropped at certain points. But David Montgomery has just been an absolute workhorse. He's been a beast for this last month for this Chicago Bears team. It's gotten themselves back into relevancy. As you said, tale of two seasons, they're really a tale of three seasons. This is the third chapter for them where all of a sudden they're playing their best football thing is, it's probably going to be, you know, unfortunately all for naught here at the end. I mean, crazy things have happened, but uh, Allen Robinson, usually very solid too. We all know Allen Robinson is great, but I want to sing some praises for Darnell Mooney and not just because of this game and he had the touchdown, but watching Darnell Mooney play all year, there's always this moment, I feel like in, in most of the Bears games where you see Darnell Mooney do something really good. And you go, this guy's got a lot of potential. This guy's got a lot of talent. This guy with the proper situation around him could be a fantasy relevant player next year. And, and I think I could see myself in some of those deeper leagues and those 14 team leagues, having some shares of Darnell Mooney just to see what happens. Now, some of that might be thrust upon him if Alan Robinson does depart, but I'll say this, I've seen enough out of Darnell Mooney to at least pique my interest this season. Uh, I remember a Thursday night game against the Bucks. He had some great moments in that game yesterday. I had some good moments. I mean, it, it's, you know, sometimes these guys kind of come out of nowhere a little bit, and all of a sudden people say, well, where did this guy come from? Nobody saw this coming. Well, this is the seeds. And I feel like Darnell Mooney's been planting the seeds all year very quietly as he kind of you know, gets up to speed here with the Chicago Bears and what the NFL has in terms of expectations for him. And on the flip side, look, you know, disappointing end to the season for the Minnesota Vikings. They had it all in their grasp and things kind of fell apart. But another great performance from Justin Jefferson, my boy, another 100-yard game for him. Talk about a stud. Talk about Mr. Consistency. This is another guy, too. Transformative. Unbelievable. I'm sure a lot of teams that are going to win championships this year in fantasy have Justin Jefferson rostered. And that is that one stat that I'd love for I don't know if it's ESPN or Yahoo or anybody could give me. I want to know the roster percentage of players that were on championship rosters. Like, I want to see that data and what that is because I think that's a fascinating thing because it tells you you know, was it the game-changing Justin Jefferson late draft pick? Was it picking up a James Robinson off the waiver wire? How many of the combinations of things that did happen in order to get players and teams to championships? And I'd love to see that data. But look, Bears, another victory here, finishing strong. I think they're going to keep Matt Nagy around because of it. Hmm. 
Well, uh, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I, I think the wide receiver position for the Bears gets very scary if they let Robinson go. I thought Anthony Miller was going to be a star in the NFL coming out of college. I'm very surprised that he hasn't gotten to that yeah. level, and Mooney may be moving ahead of him, too. Arizona-Philadelphia yesterday, very entertaining game, back and forth, right till the end. Maybe the best game of the day, honestly, in the NFL. Kyler Murray, 27 of 36, 406 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception, also on the ground, so that gives him four on the day. Kenyon Drake, 10 for 26 on the ground. It was Edmonds who scored the one touchdown out of the running back position, so a very quiet day for Drake. Hopkins, 9 for 169 and a late touchdown to give Arizona the win. And Larry Fitzgerald also back on the board. He had missed a couple of games due to COVID. Three receptions, 35 yards, and a score for the ageless one, Larry Fitzgerald. On the side of Philadelphia, I think that Jalen Hurts left no doubt that he's going to be the guy moving forward, unless I'm missing something completely. 24 of 44, 338 yards in the air, three touchdowns in the air, 63 yards on the ground, and a score. And, and drove the team right down the field toward the end of the game, almost won that game. Ball was fumbled. He picked it up, throwing on the run. This guy just played played great. He's got a real shot, I think. Sanders, 17 of 64, one reception, 26 yards. Quez Watkins was the lone receiver to cash in in fantasy. Three receptions, 40 yards there. And Jalen Rager, five receptions, 49 yards. But great game. Two, two teams that don't play a lot of defense, two teams that probably aren't very good. But they're very exciting with the way that they played. And Arizona desperately needed that win. It was close. Philadelphia could have won this game. And, I, and they still could win the East. I know a lot of things have to happen, but they still could. But it was good to see Arizona get back on track because while they started off in September so well, the last two months have been a disaster for them with so few wins and winning only in the last second of the game. So they really needed this one. I don't trust them at all moving forward, but uh, they had to have this game. Yeah, and look, the Rams opened things up by losing this game for them, too. I mean, let's be honest. The Rams getting a loss. Cardinals getting a timely win. Winning last week against the Giants. Kyler Murray starting to get back to being Kyler Murray a little bit. DeAndre Hopkins, I, you know, for as great as he is, I feel like we don't give him enough love on the show. And, and we try. I mean, I feel like we do, but it's not enough. Nine for 169 and a touchdown. What an incredible performance from DeAndre Hopkins. To me, it was so shocking in this offseason where people were devaluing him because of the change of team and in the black book, we refused to buy into that narrative. He was right there as a number two and three wide receiver. He was right in that mix. There was no drop off between Devonte Adams and him. They were all within percentage points of each other in terms of relative position value. He becomes the first player in NFL history, by the way, to have a hundred catches and a thousand yards with two different NFL franchises. That is an incredible, stunning record. So good on Deandre Hopkins, another brilliant performance for him. And with Jalen hurts, let me tell you, man, Jalen hurts is, is, He's showing you the same thing he showed you in college, right? This guy's a winner. He's a competitor. I mean, he's a guy. You tell him he can't do it. He says, no, I can. I'm going to find a way to get it done. And I know they came up short here, but it's hard to, to look at the Eagles and not think that they are a more exciting team, a more energetic team, a team that's going to be more competitive in games with him playing quarterback these last two weeks. And we always talk about on the show, maybe not being prisoners of the moment, but Craig, I don't know. Take me away in cuffs. I'm a prisoner. I, I love what I see out of Jalen Hurts. If I'm the Packers, I'm looking. I said like, I took Jordan Love ahead of this guy. I could have had Jalen Hurts for the next ten years because he certainly looks like a guy who's ready to go and ready to put up stats in the NFL and maybe win some games too. Yeah, he's getting better and better every week. Looking more comfortable too. I think that you have to be impressed with him for sure. The passing's got to get a little bit better. Twenty-four or forty-four is not what you want to see. But a lot of those nope. passes also that he missed on were at the end of the game when they. Knew 
he was going to throw as well. But definitely could do it on the ground. Uh, definitely made some crazy plays at the end of the game too. And it'll, it'll be really interesting to see how Philadelphia moves forward. It is, it is the entire story of their offseason, how they can navigate this and how they can figure out a way to move on from Carson Wentz. I, I just, it seems like, it seems like we go through this a lot in sports where there's like no way possible that a team's going to be able to do it and they end up doing it. My guess is they do. My guess is they somehow some miracle happens and they find a way it's like a story that just always happens where it's, it's never going to happen. And I see everyone on TV saying the cap hit can't be done. And then all of a sudden the guy's trained. They're like, Oh, Oh, they, they did get it done. I think I got a spot for you. I got a spot for you in tomorrow's show. There's my tease where maybe a little outside the box, but we'll see maybe hot take Tuesday. Perhaps we'll find a landing spot for the cars away. Okay. Coming up next, Chiefs and saints, another wildly entertaining finish. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. The Kansas City Chiefs and New Orleans Saints to future potential Hall of Famers, one for sure, of course, and Drew Brees, the other in the best quarterback in the game, Patrick Mahomes going head-to-head. A completely one-sided affair for about two and a half quarters. It looked like the Chiefs were just going to storm the New Orleans Saints, but yet again, the Chiefs' defense just completely crumbles in the second half. It's three straight games that this has happened as the Saints come back and to essentially push, I think, with most spots. I think the line was pretty solid at three the entire week so no matter who you got you ended up pushing in that one okay let's look at the Chiefs first and the big story is of course their running backs which we'll get to here in a second but Patrick Mahomes 26 of 46 254 three touchdowns again for him and 37 rushing yards the running back situation will be interesting for them because Clyde Edwards Hilaire looked good he had 79 yards and, and Le'Veon Bell even scored in this one but both running backs got hurt in this one I think Hilaire worse than Bell but we'll get an update a little bit later today on that. So stay tuned to all of our shows. We'll tell you what happened there. Tyree Kill scored. So does Travis Kelsey. Hill with six catches. Kelsey with eight catches. And then Nicole Hardman at the end of the game, basically running out of bounds, essentially caught the uh, game-winning touchdown. Three receptions for 22 yards for him. On the side of the Saints, it was not a great fantasy day. But they stayed in the game until the end. 15 of 34, 234, three touchdowns for Breeze, one interception. Alvin Kamara did score, got 54 rushing yards, three receptions, 40 yards, and then Emmanuel Sanders without Michael Thomas, four receptions, 76 yards. Joe, that was the news that we got later in the week after we were done here on Friday that Michael Thomas Mm -hmm. wasn't going to play, was going to be placed on injured reserve, so he'll be back for the playoffs. Really unfortunate year for him in terms of fantasy, along with Christian McCaffrey, along with Saquon Barkley, just didn't turn out at all for him. But on the side of the Chiefs, it's pretty much plug-and-play And now this is the dynamic. You're playing in the fantasy football championship. There's a chance that there's going to be a running back to be named that you're going to be able to pick up and maybe slide in there to help you win a fantasy football championship. I hate that proposition. I don't like it at all, but we could be up against it. It seems as though Hilaire is hurt. Like he may not play this Mm -hmm. week. I don't know what Bell's status is, but whoever is playing for the Chiefs, I want them at running back. Well, look, as far as the Chiefs are concerned, I think you're just trying to get Hilaire ready for the playoffs, and you're hoping he's okay for that. So we'll see what the clarity is on that as things go on. But I would be shocked if we saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire again in, in the regular season, just, even if he was 
healthy enough to go, why would you even want to push that envelope at all? And Le'Veon Bell coming down with that injury too. I mean, he got pulled down to the ground in an awkward way. But look, you know, the, the Chiefs won this game on their creativity on offense. The defense that played so well at the second half of last year into the playoffs and kind of rolled that hot streak of creating turnovers and some clever aggressiveness in terms of how they got after the quarterback. They have not shown that this year. They really have not, unfortunately. And uh, you mentioned Michael Thomas. I got to say, I mean, you know, add him along with that list with Ezekiel Elliott and all these other first-round busts. I mean, this is the worst first round in the history of fantasy football. Purely, unadulterated, the absolute worst. And Michael Thomas is going to end the season with no touchdowns. And Michael Thomas is going to go from wow. a, a season where you have Michael Thomas setting records at wide receiver, right? To going to a guy that basically you felt so good about and drafting him and maybe in the middle, you know, somewhere around six, seven or something like that. If you got Michael Thomas, maybe even reach for him at four or five. And you thought, Hey, I got this guy. He's going to be right as rain. He was so consistent last year. So much floor, so much upside and just none of it this year. Just absolutely none of it. It's just absolutely stunning. And, and I know there's a narrative going out there right now that Drew Brees maybe came back too soon or whatnot, but look, by the second half of that game, Drew Brees kind of put them in a good spot there. And you had that weird safety moment too, where, Maybe the game's a little bit different if that guy is able to keep that ball in the end zone, that last moment at the end of the first half. That's an extra six on the board. Who knows what might have happened? But the Chiefs continue to be an incredibly creative offense, and, and they just are so difficult to stop that maybe it doesn't matter if they play defense or not. Yeah, we'll see. And and I think that it'll be an interesting NFC for sure because I think the Saints showed that they're going to be in this thing. It's ironic that the game came right down to the spread, which doesn't happen a lot this season. I know in the Super Contest, there were several pushes that ended up being one of them. All right, now on to the Jets. They got their first win of the season in 2020 as Sam Darnold threw for 207 yards and a touchdown. Frank Gore caught the game-winning pass. He caught the pass that ended the game, also scored 23 carries, 59 yards for him. He keeps climbing up the charts of all-time running backs. And then Jamison Crowder had six receptions and 64 yards. Now for the Rams... They did not play well at all, clearly. 22 of 34, two touchdowns, one pick for Jared Goff. Cam Akers did nothing. 15 carries, 63 yards. He did have a, actually did have a touchdown called back. I do want to say that. He had an offensive uh, hold called back, but uh, went back to what Cam Akers was all season long. Ro uh, Robert Woods, 6 for 56 and a touchdown. Tyler Higby, 4 for 67 and a touchdown. So uh, more of the focus, I think, on the Jets here, where... <laughs> I, look, I completely understand the fans' frustration. And it's very easy to be a media member, and it's very easy to be a fantasy analyst, and it's very easy to be a fan and to say that the Jets shouldn't have won and they should be getting Trevor Lawrence, they should tank their games. But it's like you're a player on a field. Like, I don't know what no, what you have to I don't put this on the Jets. No, the Jets no, are I'm always getting you. I'm trying. It's like, how do you expect the Jets to not try and win? Like, they, they should have beat the I, Raiders too. In the end, the Jets are deserving of two wins this season, not one. Jacksonville is the worst team in the NFL. The Jets are better. Jets should have two wins. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I guess it, does it come down from the organization of we're just not going to play certain guys to do that? It's just unheard of. And and I and I don't know. Uh, you know what else to say? Look, there are big upsets every year in the NFL, and and this is the biggest one of the season for sure. And and I and I think it's it's sad for the Jets and they won't get. Lawrence, probably not. But again, we still have two weeks to go. <laughs> Anything can happen. Jacksonville's going to win. Jacksonville beat Indianapolis this year. So we'll see. Yeah. And, and anything can happen. You're absolutely right. But this is one of, and I believe it's 
from the wagering side too, one of the worst beats in 25 years, according to some, some things I saw thrown around this morning on NFL area. So I was like, that's, that tells you exactly where things are. And, and look, I, I don't, I don't expect the jets to stop trying. I expect the Rams who are supposed to be a good football team to not take every game for granted against lesser opponents. Like it seems like they do sometimes. And Jared Goff was terrible in this game. Can we stop and pause and talk about Jared Goff? And the inconsistency of that guy, because I mean, there are moments too where he just looks like completely lost. Like he's he's throwing the ball in weird spots. He's making bad reads. And I know everyone's disappointed. Cam Akers, I am too. He was one of the look. I had a lot of shares yesterday in DFS of Jonathan Taylor, of David Montgomery, of Derrick Henry. But unfortunately, I also had a lot of Cam Akers. And he came out of this game early, went back to the locker room. And I'm just guessing that it was something physical with him where he wasn't that same guy. But regardless, you've been winning games without Cam Akers this year. Like that's can't be where everything falls apart. And Sean McVay in the in the post press conference, I don't know if you saw him, but he was right up against the microphone and he looked like he was just going to explode. Like you and this is what happens. I understand sometimes teams take other teams for granted, and that's you know, those those trap games we always talk about in the NFL. But I didn't think this was a trap game. I really didn't. I, I think that the Rams, maybe you can imagine them being down in this game early. Maybe you can imagine them being down at the half. But losing to the Jets, not being able to muster enough on both sides of the football in the second half of this game to overcome that deficit, this is shocking. And, and you know, I like to say I'm surprised, but everyone keeps telling me the Rams are a good football team. And every time they do something like this, I go, I don't think they are a good football team. I'm always wrong about the Rams. I was wrong about the Rams this week. But yeah, so you should just bow else. out. You really should just bow out of this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, you just but you know what? Me. You were right. You were right. Yet again, as crazy as it sounded, I said, you know what? The Rams are going to beat the Jets, right? And you said, well, you should always not go beat, exactly destroy. destroy, not close. Destroy, right. And you know what? And you said, I, 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 I'm, I'm upset. I feel like they're going to. But I have to go against whatever Joe says. And you know what? As crazy as it sounded, if you did that, once again, I'm the gift that keeps on giving. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. I'm here for you. You're you're the Ripkin of the Rams. You are I'm the, the Ripkin, Ripkin of the, of the Rams. Rams. Can I get that on a shirt? I want that on a shirt for Christmas. I mean, we could. I, I think this is 11 weeks in a row you got them wrong. I'm pretty sure. 11? I mean, we're week 15. They, they only played 14 games. I'll take 14. I'm wrong 14 weeks probably about the Rams. I don't know. No, I think at the beginning. No, I don't think so. I think at the beginning you 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 got a couple right on that. But but definitely like because because you've like doubled down like five times already. Like there was like three times now so far we... that if that you said and tell me on Monday I'm gonna come out here and right. I'm gonna be right on this one. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and, and you know what's frustrating? Just... What's frustrating is what do I always say every week? I hate the Rams. I don't know who they are. And everybody, including you, keeps telling me the Rams are a good football team. And I don't know if they I are. Believe they're good. I believe they're good. You still think they're a good football team. Good. That's my question for you. Well, the good football team just good. lost to a winless team at home. I believe they're good. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they have a chance to win a playoff game for sure. I hope they don't. I hope they don't because I want to. I don't want to be sitting don't. here in January <laughs> having to talk about the Rams all year. I am, who are the Rams playing next week? I'm going to root and so I'm going to pick the Rams next week just so they lose. I'm just telling everybody right now. That's exactly what's going to happen. Just so I, I have to know, talk about I, them in January. I Nothing. I, I no have more Rams. Bad job by me. Okay, Giants Browns. This is another big fat loser for me last night. Uh, Giants did not cover. Uh, we really should be doing the Browns first, but I, I guess we have the Giants here in this order. So, uh, Colt McCoy, nineteen of thirty-one, two twenty-one, no touchdowns, no picks. Gallman, nine for twenty-nine. Alfred, this is just an ugly game. Let's just just get rid of this graphic for the Giants. I don't need to see it. <laughs> 
Um, Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, 27 of 32, 297 and two touchdowns. Nick Chubb, uh, 50 yards and a score. Landry has been great for them. He had uh, seven catches, 61 yards and a score. And then Rashard Higgins had four receptions for 76 yards. The uh, the Giants have now gone backwards again. So after going to Seattle, pulling off the biggest upset of the season there, they mm-hmm. now go the other way. It's it's just, wow, that division is just really poor. The teams in the division are really poor. But look, give credit to the Browns. That was That's actually a really big win for them, I think. It is. Look, the, you know, we, we were talking last week about Stefanski, and I did put money on Stefanski for Coach of the Year because I think he deserves a good long look at it. And I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, the, the job that guy's done this year going in and making this team believe, it's harder to turn around certain franchises. When you've lost as much as the Cleveland Browns have lost, it is not easy to get that train on the right track. And I think he's got it. And this was a big win, despite not having Daniel Jones. So good on the on the Cleveland Browns. I'll tell you that I do not want to play the Browns first round of the playoff on any team in the AFC. You won't have to play them. You'll be right here. Don't worry. I'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Man, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. A sort of normal week, I think, for us here on uh, Fantasy Sports Today. Joe and I will be here Monday through Thursday from noon to 2 Eastern. For those of you who watch the show live every day, we will be here Monday through Thursday on Christmas Day. A little bit of a different schedule. Joe, of course, will have a day off for Christmas. I will be working in-game live from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. right during that NFL game between the Minnesota Vikings and who is it? The the Vikings are playing the Saints? Is that right? Saints, yeah. That should be fun. NBA games, too. I see see Lakers-Mavericks that night, too. So, uh, I'll be on the schedule for Christmas because, again, being of the Jewish faith doesn't make any difference to me. We already had our holiday. So I'll be back here on Friday with you guys. And then very similar uh, week we have for New Year's week as well. Um, Joe will be hosting the show, actually, from noon to Eastern. I'll be filling in for Scott Farrell that week, too. So uh, that's kind of what we're doing the next couple of weeks. And, of course, we've got a Monday night football game tonight. We'll recap for that tomorrow. Uh, in addition to that, our friend Josh Cohen will be with us tomorrow and Uh, Tell us about the NBA sports cards that you can invest in right now that may go up a lot. I think he also got some uh, cards back. Uh, Walter Payton, rookie, I think it's one of the cards we're going to look at tomorrow that he's got back, and that's a a four-figure card for sure. He also made a five-figure purchase on a card we'll have for you next week. So plenty with the sports card industry that we're going to talk about tomorrow's show. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Okay, now that the housekeeping is done, let's get to some fantasy reality as we close out our Monday edition of the show. Let's start off. Fantasy reality number one, the best four teams in college football made the four-team playoff. Can't be more direct than this, Joe. Fantasy or reality, the best four teams in college football made the four-team playoff. I'm going to say fantasy because the question is not about record. It's about team. And, And from the college football that I've watched, I think Notre Dame is a very good team. But I don't think that they're necessarily a better team than Florida or AM or even Cincinnati for that matter. I, I kind of look at this whole grouping and I just kind of go, well, you know, I'd love to see those teams just kind of duke it out a little bit to get into this dance or the vice versa, which is to take an Alabama, the sure number one seed, give them a, a bye and let the other two teams on either side fight it out. And then we'll eventually get to Alabama 
down the line and and figure out that because it always seems like either Clemson or LSU or Alabama, some team is usually just kind of head and shoulders above everybody else, at least in terms of uh, of perspective. But I got to look at this, Craig, and watching Notre Dame against Clemson the second time around, it was brutal. I mean, they did not, Book did not play well. Uh, the defense did play much better for Clemson. And I just thought that, you know, I don't want to take teams on their worst day and, and just chalk it all up to that too. Notre Dame is a good football team. Notre Dame has played well at times this year for sure. And they had a huge victory earlier in the year. I don't want to take away from them, but it's hard to look at them beating a, a Trevor Lawrence-less Clemson team I mean, if you look at what happens in the NFL when you take the quarterback away from a team, let alone the star quarterback, let alone arguably the best player in college football away from a team. So I don't know. For me, I think it's a fantasy. I don't think Notre Dame is the fourth best team. I think they are kind of right in line with some other ones. In fact, I think you can make the argument over uh, A&M, maybe, over them. You can make an argument for the undefeated Cincinnati team. I just think that there's, you know, unfortunately, it's just going to come down to Notre Dame being the, the Cowboys of college football or something like that. And that's why they're in, which is fine. I mean, at the end of the day, probably nobody's going to beat Alabama in that four seed anyway. So what's the difference, right? I guess that that's kind of stinks to, to say that. But it's You're true. Right, but it, it stinks, though. It stinks to not give another team the opportunity just because of that. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you what the problem is. This is the problem. The problem okay. isn't Notre Dame getting in because I think that in our heart of hearts, we knew that no matter what would have come out of that game, they would have been in. Uh, I agree with everything that you said, with the exception of Trevor Lawrence the first time around. It wouldn't have made a difference. Clemson put up like 50 on Notre Dame the first time. They just lost on the last possession in the game. It was their defense that didn't come through. The problem with Notre Dame is the same thing every year. And, and no one seems to understand this, and no one even talks about it. Why is Notre Dame ranked so high to begin the season? This is the problem. Every year, based on what, they're in the top five or they're in the top ten, just based on their name. And so, therefore, all they really just have to do is win their games, and they're going to get put in the championship. And that's what recruiting classes part of it? Is that why they they get that high ranking? They never have athletes. Right. So so what is the reason? They're Notre Dame. They have their TV contract. People want to see them play. People want to see them on TV. It's, it's the same thing. Many years ago, somebody told me this uh, about the tax that you play with Notre Dame. I don't, I don't, I don't remember who it was that said. I, I really want to find, remember it to give them credit. Is that you could, you could take, in your case, your girlfriend, or I could take my wife or whoever. We could go to Vegas, right? And we just go to the sports book. And we, and we don't follow sports. And we know nothing about sports. But if we go to there and we just want to throw $50 on a team and we look up at that board on Saturday... It's going to be Notre Dame. I mean, it's just, oh, Notre Dame, I've heard of them. Yeah. And that's what, it's just awful that they have that kind of attention for nothing. Many years ago when college football was different and they're running wishbone and high formations, yes, Notre Dame was a lot more relevant because that's all that happened. But with these now spread options in college football and with the amount of athletes that come from the South and from the West and are on the outside and running wild, Notre Dame never has those guys. They can't stop those players on defense. I, I honestly don't know how they beat Clemson the first time. But uh, many years ago also, when Notre Dame was the number one team in the country and they came to Miami, and Miami hasn't won a big game since that since, Miami just wiped Notre Dame's you-know-what right. off the field. Right. Because why? Miami has a lot more athletes. doesn't make them a good team. They just can't catch those guys. So right. Notre Dame also, to their respect – in the classroom, 
off the field hold their players a lot more accountable, Joe, than anybody else mm-hmm. in the country, or at least as much as other teams in the country. You have to be a good student to go there. You have to be very, you have to do well. And and that's a detriment, unfortunately, to them. But the reward of them having this TV contract and and, and basically proving nothing going into the season, think about that. If you have it, if Notre Dame is ranked sixth or seventh going into the year every year and they play no one, where do you think they're going to be in the end? They're going to be in the top four. So it's a big fat fantasy. They're not one of the best 10 teams. <laughs> Very unfortunate. Ooh, now that's a fun thing. They're not one of the top 10 teams, even. Wow. There's a there's the hot take for tomorrow. Maybe I'm stretching it a little bit, but I, I don't think okay. so. I, I don't think so. No, I don't think I I would definitely put on a neutral site, A&M, Florida, without a doubt. Um, Cincinnati. Who am I missing? Iowa State, Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, I mean, those teams would fight Notre BYU? Dame. Play well. You think BYU could beat Notre Dame? Uh, I mean, look, BYU got really – I give BYU a lot of credit for playing Coastal Carolina, but, yes, I think BYU would beat Notre Dame. Yeah. Mm, interesting. The BYU just had to, had to play that game to try and get themselves into the championship, and I understand mm-hmm. it, and, and I get it. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Okay. Uh, Heisman <laughs> Trophy Award. This has been the biggest shift of any bet on the board. No other bet has been shifted more than this one in the last mm-hmm. few weeks. You really could have gotten ridiculous money and ridiculous odds on this. Fantasy or reality, the Heisman Trophy Award is going to go to Devonta Smith, wide receiver on Alabama. Fantasy or reality? Uh, gosh, I, you know what? I'm going to say fantasy because I just feel like the media just loves the quarterbacks. I just feel like that's that's what it comes down to most of the time. It's the same same thing like right now. Like Derrick Henry's on the precipice of 2,000 yards and nobody seems to care about it, but this bald idiot right here. So uh, I just – look, and Smith is a phenomenal player. You saw a lot of phenomenal talent. I mean, look, Najee Harris's game, <laughs> my goodness. Like I, I cannot wait to get him on my fantasy team someday. I just – I cannot wait to have that guy. But I just I'm feel glad like he's going to go to now. You, you were not listening to me weeks ago when I told you about this guy. So now I'm hopefully. No, it's not that. Him. I watched him last year too. But I, I, I had originally, I think, going into this year, my head kind of had him and ATN close. But now I feel like after the last couple of weeks of watching a little bit more, I feel like Harris. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing I wanted to see Harris do more of, and he did a lot more of in this last game, was catch the football. And I saw that in this last game, and maybe they just don't need him to do that very often. But that was the big difference maker for me. So yes, I'm with you. We're going to hold hands I on think the Najee Harris. Better maybe. than Harris, but I don't think I, I don't remember. I think that you were too high on uh, on Etienne and not in on Harris. And now Harris. Oh, is, I was in is, on Harris. I just had them neck and neck, and now I don't I think don't so. Now I think Harris is ahead for me. I, that's where I'm at with it. But right. this is a no for me. It's, well, you got fantasy or reality? Win. I got fantasy. What do you got? It's reality. He's going to win the Heisman. Really? You think so? Yep. Why yeah, is that? It, well, the odds are telling me that. <laughs> That's for one. He's the favorite. Um, I, I, you know, uh, First of all, I don't know. And that's great that I don't know next week who's going to win the Heisman. I got no clue. That This is going to be drama going in that we haven't seen in a long time. So I love it. I think this is awesome. But right now on FanDuel, Devonta Smith is a favorite. And then Mac Jones is second. And Joe Najee Harris is third. So... It could be it's gonna be like one of three players from Alabama and then Trevor Lawrence is like after that and and Kyle Trask is like gone now. <laughs> so <Yeah>. so <laughs> it's, God, it's which was just, so weird. And Trask had a better game than Mac Jones. So I thought so too. <laughs> it's up in the air. And we're gonna get our first taste, I think, Wednesday. They're gonna announce the four players who were invited. 
and then I think you're going to see the odds shift a little bit again. But the reason why I love this is because when you give out an award and you don't know, it do, it is compelling and it is fun. Sure. And the fact that we can Absolutely. bet on it also makes it very cool. Also, the fact that a wide receiver getting the Heisman would be fantastic. That, that would be a nice change and maybe brings more awareness to that. Um, you could be right. There's no question. This is up in the air. I believe that it is a reality. I think he's going to win. Okay. He does. Not, All right. Oh, but he may. He may not. Maybe Derek Henry will win the Heisman. Okay. Yeah. Fantasy or reality? Now, I didn't want to talk too much about this on Friday because I'm not, I am, I hate being spoiled. I was actually spoiled by this one a little bit. So let's get into it. If you missed the Mandalorian, which is a show on Disney Plus, and you're not a Star Wars fan, then I don't know that this is really going to be interesting for you. If you're somewhat of a Star Wars fan and you watch this series or even you're aware of the Star Wars universe, then I think that you will be interested. Something epic happened in the show on Friday without getting into too many details. I think most people probably know by now, but if you haven't watched, we won't completely ruin it. But let's just say fantasy reality based on this epic ending that it had, another member of the original Star Wars will get screen time in a future Star Wars spinoff, fantasy or reality. Uh, I'm going to say fantasy you know they already did this cg stuff in rogue one with uh princess leia and then obviously right. you had would had mandalorian if we're trying to talk around it and harrison ford right. is a guy that already he wanted to be killed off in jedi he made no bones about it he wanted to be killed off then so the only reason he came back was right. so they could kill him off in the last one so in terms of like the main characters i really don't think so and i don't know if chewbacca really counts he doesn't say anything there will always be so. some sort of member berries character somewhere in there probably a reference point or something like that but in terms of like the main characters i don't see that happening and let me say this was a a very good finale i'm not sure with the whole boba fett show thing where they're going with all that but my thing to you before you answer this question is you have loved the mandalorian and it's been taken over now, Star Wars, by all the what? The Marvel people, John Favreau, Taika Waititi, all these guys. So you need to now get into Marvel because Marvel stuff is a hundred times better than Mandalorian, in my opinion. So there you go. Now you can answer. A hundred so times. Mandalorian. Here's every here's every plot to the Mandalorian. Ready? We need some. Uh, we need some of this battery. Oh, we can only let's go land here to get this battery. Oh well, we don't like Mandalorian, so we're gonna give you the battery only if you go kill this thing okay we killed the thing okay here's your battery now we go go to the next thing that's pretty much every episode i see it differently i mean when i watch it at the end i, I picture the rams losing <laughs> that's the way i see it uh another original star wars member i will agree with you i don't see the lando calrissian is the only one i think that has uh, a shot and i don't know i don't know how they would with billy d We'll be back to wrap up the show. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Joe and I every day, noon to 2 Eastern here. Hope you had a great Hanukkah. Of course, Christmas on deck, Kwanzaa as well. So hopefully you're having a great holiday season. Thanks for making us part of your day. Let's turn it over to Joe as he's got this edition of the Sports Grid 60. Joe? There's a perfect holiday film analogy for Jet fans out there right now. They're experiencing some huge disappointment. 
the classic film of Christmas story where the father's been waiting all year for that turkey and uh, he's been building it up in his mind and all the the turkey stew and the turkey a la king and the turkey soup and all the turkey things that are going to come after the turkey is made and done and then what happens the dogs come in and eat the turkey destroy everything destroy the house and run out well that's what happened the jets had trevor lawrence that turkey they had it right there in front of them and it's unfortunate and yes of course the jets are going to be competitive but now they're standing there with that lone drumstick in their hand wondering no more Trevor Lawrence jerseys, no more Trevor Lawrence highlights, no more Trevor Lawrence games on Sunday night football and Monday night football and being relevant again in primetime. No Trevor Lawrence playoff games, no Trevor Lawrence Super Bowls. So many things that they will now miss. So I think Jet fans, the best thing for you to do is just like the father and Christmas story, wrangle up the whole family and go out for Chinese food. I know you can't do that in most places, but at least get some taken. That's about the best you could do right now. All right, I'm going to end with a little NFL discussion. And I know that I've been tough on Todd Gurley all season long. And, and, I, and I think that the one thing that I've taken from this season is that as opposed to some of the other sports like the NBA and Major League Baseball, these guys really deserve every penny they get. I mean, who would have told you that two or three years ago that Todd Gurley may be out of the NFL after being the number one pick in fantasy football in three years? Who would have told you that a few years ago Cam Newton would be the NFL MVP and here we are on 2021, hard to envision him being in the NFL, let alone being a starting quarterback next year. It's a very tough game. These guys deserve all the money that they make. And so sometimes we make fun of guaranteed dollars. And in some of the other sports, I do think it's valid. But as far as the NFL is concerned, it is really here today, gone tomorrow. And it's unfortunate to see some of these guys fade so quickly. That'll do it for the show. Thanks to Brett, Danny, and Ryan. Of course, Chris in today producing the show. For Joe Pizzi, I'm Craig Mish. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.